here we are, 10.06 on the East Coast here on the Sportskeeda Wrestling Facebook page and the WrestleBinge by Sportskeeda YouTube channel. We thank everybody who is joining us here on what is a very difficult night to be a professional wrestling fan. Sure is. I mean, just what can you even say? On Wednesday, about 3.30, news breaks that, that Terry Funk has, has passed away. And then yesterday, I think right around the same time, if uh, or maybe just a little bit after, like 24, 25 hours later, we get the just bombshell news drop by Triple H that uh, unfortunately Bray Wyatt uh, passed away. Complications of the illness that he that, that kept him out of action since ahead of of WrestleMania. Uh, Sean Ross at Fifle.com was given permission to uh, release just a little bit of the details of what happened. Apparently, Bray uh, contracted COVID-19 exacerbated a heart condition he had been on the road to recovery ever since and unfortunately yesterday um suffered a, a heart attack and passed away at the age of 36 um just uh, on top of everything sp3 because i know we're we're in the same age bracket man like when you 36 man that's that ain't enough it, and it's not fair and it really does kind of hit home because it feels like Sometimes you feel like, oh, we got 30, 40, 50 years to do, you know, whatever it is we're going to do. And that unfortunately may not not be the case. I don't know how you felt about it, but that was something that definitely was a, a gut punch on top of everything. Because I've always been a big Bray Wyatt guy. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've been at. It has been a rough for me personally. It's been a rough, uh, rough 24 hours here, SP3. But we'll, have, we'll get the Dutch's thoughts on everything. But how, how have you been holding up? Um, when someone that's very close to your age, regardless of who it is, passes away so early in life and they're a father and you're also a father, you start to question your immortality. You start mm -hmm. to, you know, try to hold those that you love close to them and try to tell the people that you do have love for that you do love them because sometimes you it's too late for that. So, you know, we we got to come together as a community here because it's been a very tough week and you know we got to remember the good times and the good memories that these people that we don't really know that well we didn't know them personally but they left a mark on us by sure. giving us all these different memories all these different moments that we're going to pass down to you know younger wrestling fans we're going to talk about on air to tonight we're going to talk about it for years and years to come we're going to bring it up because we do it with all the stuff that we grew up on and this is stuff that we're living through like people like me and Rick and even Dutch, who got to got the opportunity to be there and work in WWE when Bray Wyatt debuted in the company. I, this is someone that I saw his entire career. I saw him. I saw. I remember seeing clips of him when he was in FCW teaming up with Bo Dallas when they were Rotunda Boys. Like, like I remember those days. And then I remember Husky Harris and yeah. the second season of NXT and Cody Rose was his pro and the the uh, what was it the the, the arm tank with the ferrari engine and all that stuff like that was the that was the thing and i was into him then and then to see what he would become with bray wyatt and this character that had you see so many people tell you like they got into wrestling because of bray wyatt like he left that type of mark and he has that type of following when it when it comes to wrestling fans there are people that have a special connection with them and that is a special performer that 
we're there's no there's not going to be anyone like him ever again no. and there wasn't anyone like him ever before him so Bray Wyatt is someone that's going to be really missed but to double on that an absolute legend one of the people that so many people will tell you is the GOAT Terry Funk to lose him in the mm -hmm. same week just a day before that and someone that regardless of what age you are you have a different memory of Terry Funk like oh, yeah. there's people you could be 70 80 years old and you have a memory of Terry Funk you can be 40 50 years old you have a memory of Terry Funk you could be me and Rick's age and we can remember ECW that was the person that I, I was synonymous with ECW he was the, the 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 elder statesman of ECW and one of the reasons I ordered the first ECW pay-per-view back in 1997 when I was nine years old and the illegal cable wasn't working too well because I'd had a legal cable back in those days but I ordered <laughs> ECW pay-per-view because I had to see it it was where you had the ziggly lines on the illegal cables so I actually ordered ordered pay-per-view i actually ordered a pay-per-view my mom got mad at me i didn't care because i was so into ecw at that time and terry funk is such a reason for that like he was one of the leaders of a revolution at that time and i went back and saw you know him in the 80s man it's just such a tough week to lose two legends but dutch mantel we have a legend here with us someone that has a connection with either one of these guys how are you feeling dutch it was a tough night <clears throat> I started watching the show, and uh, I knew both these guys. Of course, I knew Terry a lot more than I knew Bray, because Terry I'd, I'd worked with, and Terry was – actually, Terry started before I did. So he was always uh, an older brother to me and to everybody else in the dressing room. But I don't care if you were in wrestling or not. When you met Terry, it's like he never met a stranger. And you immediately liked Terry because he accepted you and treated you like an equal, whether you were a fan or a wrestler. Never saw Terry get mad. Never saw him lose his cool because when he left that dressing room, you know, he turned into a sociopath. He was a nice guy in the dressing room. How you doing this, that, and the other. Terry! You ain't sucking, dog. But he's just in the. But when he left the dressing room, you know, he left the Terry Funk personality behind and and became Terry Funk the wrestler, turned into a sociopath. But when the fans saw him, they saw this crazy, wild, raging man. That was not only crazy, but was entertaining at the same time. Good guy. And I heard he had, was in that assisted living facility a, a couple of years ago. I guess he was there when he died. And I hope they took get good care of him because I still believe he was entertaining to the end. I really do. As far as Bray is concerned, I was in WWE when he first came onto the main roster, came up from NXT. I didn't know a lot about him, but very likable young guy. And I never got into his creative head because backstage was the only time I had I had the uh, time to be around him. Never picked his brain or anything, but I keep hearing very, very creative mind. I think in some ways maybe too creative. Yeah. I mean, even for the creative team. But and like you said, it's tough. You know, when I heard that Terry Funk died. 
but we, we were kind of expecting that because he was in the hospital. But to hear Bray Wyatt at 36 falling prey to a heart attack and then not, not surviving, tough to take two, uh, two right in a row. I don't think it's ever happened like that. Hope it never happens again. But folks, that's life, and we either live live with it, or or there's nothing else we you, you can do. But I like Terry, love Terry, and love Bray. So rest in peace, guys. I hope yeah. you're hope you're happy now. Yeah, uh, yeah. SP3, you talk about memories of Terry Funk. Just him teaming with Mick Foley. Um, you know, we saw some of the clips tonight. Those were some of my earliest memories of I really honestly like my first real introduction uh, to Terry Funk because I kind of had to be like a I don't know, like a vigilante wrestling watcher when I was a kid because my parents didn't yeah. like it and they didn't want me to watch it. Right. Like they hated it and they hated the fact I think my dad walked in on me one time watching Raw and of course Stacy Keebler was on the screen and he's like dragging me out of the freaking room like, you know, you shouldn't be watching that shit. You know, this kind of thing. So, um, you know, I was sneaking around watching it whenever I, I, I could. And I also remember the one time I bought a pay-per-view and I, I got a whooping for it. That was Halloween Havoc 1998. But I really needed to see Goldberg versus DDP. You understand what I'm saying. But, you know, I, I get those. Those were like my first early memories. So, of, so of, you got that little you got that little buck paddle a little bit, didn't you? Oh yeah. No, my dad loved that thing. That was his pride and joy. He got that paddle in college. It has Greek letters on it and everything. Yeah, he loved to use that, man. That was that turned me into the man <laughs> I am today. Uh that's for sure. But um yeah, so getting the, the that kind of introduction to Terry Funk and realizing what a legend that he was at the time, um, that was a, a joy to to get to watch. But so SP3 for what you said, right? With so many people saying that Bray Wyatt is the reason that they were wrestling fans. Honestly, Bray Wyatt, and I, I've I've never really given him kind of like the credit in a public space that I think I needed to because I always talk about how Edge, Christian, and the Hardys were the reasons I really became a rest DDP. I really became a wrestling fan in the first place. I give a lot of credit to to Becky Lynch uh, for giving me my confidence early in my career and and giving me the uh, inspiration to really kind of take that first step into wrestling media. Bray Wyatt falls right in between them because there was a point where I was in college where I was falling out of love with professional wrestling and Bray Wyatt brought me back in. He made me fall in love with it all over again and really kind of sucked me into the point where I, I, I knew I wanted to get involved with it in some way, shape, or form, but I did. I just didn't know how or didn't know what that would look like uh, until several years later when, you know, I started a little, uh, I sent an email, um, again, off the inspiration to Becky Lynch and started doing a radio show, and five years later, here I am with freaking Dutch Mandel of all people, you know, covering SmackDown, and unfortunately, uh, this is a terrible part of the job, man, and yeah, when, when Bray hit me, when Bray News hit yesterday man it, it it hit me hard man there's a there's a reason my son's middle name is Wyatt right and one of these days and I put this out on Twitter yesterday one of these days I'm gonna hear my wife scream down the hall Raymond Wyatt and I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna hear that and I'll actually smile for a half second and then I'm gonna run down the hall and find out what the hell he's what he's getting into but you know right now man it's even even today he was running down the hall and I'm so just, you named your son after Bray Wyatt well, it I didn't realize I did it until afterwards. Wyatt, yes, absolutely. But like we had already yeah. settled on on Raymond. And the first time I'm like, 
oh shit, I named my son Ray Wyatt. <laughs> so that was totally on accident. But the Wyatt, absolutely, yeah, that, it was it was definitely there because again, he's he made me fall in love with you know one of my first loves all over again. I really do love the sport of professional wrestling. I, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of it. I try to uh, enjoy it as much as I can nowadays. Obviously, with it, you know being part of my career, but. Yeah, he was a big influence on 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 my career. That's going 15 years strong, and you know Becky Lynch the same, and Edge and Christian and all these guys, all these people. I put them in the same category. So, well, let uh, me ask you a question: When Bray Wyatt disappeared from WWE earlier this year, mm-hmm. why did he disappear? Was he sick? Yeah, that's and- that's what happened. He got uh, apparently, reportedly, uh, he came down with COVID nineteen ahead of WrestleMania, and that's when he got pulled. And that's why his match with Lashley never happened. And he has, and it, it wasn't so much the COVID-19, it's what the COVID-19 did, which was it, uh, the, the, the verbiage that was used in the report by Sean Rossap was exacerbated a heart condition. Um, and he has been on the road to recovery over the last several months until um, this heart attack, which again, came out of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but it, it was not expected. Like this, the, the, the ideas were being pitched for his return somewhere down the line. They were actually talking about him coming back to the ring. And then this happened this week. So, um, yeah, it's Ooh, tough. Sucks. It, it is tough. It's a very, very tough night. And you know, the, we opened the show tonight, uh, by the way, guys, if you have a favorite Bray Wyatt memory or Terry Funk memory, or you have a question for Dutch, get him in throughout the chat. Uh, SB three is monitoring the chat, uh, this evening. And I appreciate him for that. So if you have anything, just try to keep it as positive as possible here, guys. Uh, you know, just a favorite memory for Bray. Bray was, to me, man, he's the ultimate performer. Like, I say what you want about his his bell-to-bell matches, which, you know, have been criticized in the past, but he was a ultimate performer, a creative genius. I think, to Dutch's point, you know, he may be a little bit too creative uh, for his own good. At times, I remember Triple H saying, you know, he's a crazy tornado and sometimes you got to harness it and, and, and reel him in and try to control it and point it and make it a success. And uh, we all wanted this last run to be, you know, the big success in Bray Wyatt's career. And unfortunately, it just just did not get there. Uh, George McCabe. Oh, can you put that back up there? SB3. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, George McCabe saying, uh, I would watch any kind of wrestling uh, since as long as I can remember AWA, NWA, every promotion that was on TV, Funk and Flair uh, always tore the roof off. And yeah, Terry had a lot of uh, great rivalries. Dutch, what was you? Um, you got to wrestle Terry Funk. What was it like to get in the ring with him? <clears throat> well, I got in the ring. It's actually the first time I met him. I got in the ring in Puerto Rico. I, I, have, I hadn't even met these guys. Because they flew in on a Friday afternoon. We had a match Friday night and out of San Juan, about, I don't know, an hour and a half out of San Juan called Ponte, Puerto Rico. And I had a tag team partner, Frankie Lane, and they said, you're against the Funks. And I got in the ring and I introduced myself in the ring. I said, hey, guys, I'm Dutch. Because I think Frankie knew him, but I didn't. So we had a 15-minute match, and it was like having two separate matches within the same match. Because Dory was so much different than Terry. I mean, Dory was in there, and we were actually doing a lot of wrestling. And then Terry got in there, and the whole match just changed. And we went by what Terry was going to do. And I will say one thing. I got in the ring with those guys, and we was going 15 minutes through Broadway. 
50 minute time limit. And at the end, the people were standing. We were more over by holding the, the funks to a 15 minute draw than we went in. And I often, I've, I've said this forever. I did, Terry did my work and Dory did too, and their work too. So all I was was just a dummy in there listening to what they told me to do. So they impressed me that night that these guys are real pros. Of course, the next night they, you know, they say thank you for the match. And, but because we were in separate dressing rooms, but I never will forget the first time I met them, true professionals. And they could have done, they could have took us in the ring and just beat the hell out of me. I didn't, I, I didn't know any better. But they didn't. They worked for the match. And I said, they did my, all my work. And they did their work, too. So they earned their money that night. So they earned my respect, too. I got a lot of people sounding off in the chat. Uh, Chris Alford said, uh, loved the uh, Deleter of Worlds uh, with uh, Matt Hardy. Uh, Stephen Chambers, uh, remember Terry wearing a tuxedo, uh, pile-driving Ric Rick, Rick Flair through a, uh, through a table. <laughs> Uh, it John, was great. John Castro, WWE Universe went crazy when Bray returned in 2022. God, that was such a massive pop when he when he took off the uh, Uncle Howdy mask and just having him back, you know, was it brought such a, a smile to my face. Timothy uh, Ross saying uh, his debut as the Fiend was uh, one of my uh, favorite Bray Wyatt moments. Uh, besides winning the WWE Championship for the first time, I got to see the Fiend live and it was amazing. He will. Uh, Greatly be missed. That first time SP3 that Bray Wyatt came down as the Fiend to face uh, Finn Balor, I believe it was at SummerSlam. Um, just the entrance in and of itself was just an absolute spectacle. Like everybody's jaws were dropped because it was months of these little teases of Mercy the Buzzard and uh, you know, Ramblin' Rabbit and, and Abby the Witch and Hus Huskis the Pig Boy and all this stuff. And we're like, trying to piece this together what the hell is this because you know we had lost the cult leader bray wyatt that we love so much and then for him to kind of come out and have this demented schizophrenic character that was like the mr rogers from hell and then he unleashed this demon this fiend on the wwe universe and it just took over like a plague it was so red hot uh for the longest time until unfortunately creative did what it did with it but um yeah, but that first night, man, when he first came down and that music and he's got his head, the old Bray Wyatt head in the lantern, man. It's just like creative shit that like nobody thinks of except for really talented, generationally creative minds. He was a beautifully creative soul and it, God dang, it just sucks. It just sucks. Yeah, it's really tough because, man, that, that Fiend run was very special from uh, the Firefly Funhouse, like right after WrestleMania in uh, 2019, WrestleMania 35. Uh, the, the Firefly Funhouse was like the, the hottest thing in WWE at the time. It was very, people don't, if you weren't watching at that time, it was very not a good time for WWE. The, everything that was great up until WrestleMania had kind of peaked and ended. Becky Lynch, she went on our hot streak. She won the main event of WrestleMania. 
And then she was feuding with Lacey Evans. Yeah. You had Seth Rollins. He won the Universal Championship from Brock Lesnar. And then he was feuding with, like, Baron Corbin. He had a great match with AJ Styles. But then he was just feuding with Baron Corbin. Like, everything that we were liking up until that point was down. Mm-hmm. The only thing everybody was talking about and the hottest thing in the company was Bray Wyatt, the Firefly Funhouse, the teases of The Fiend. I was there in Long Island. That's the first WWE event I went with my missus. We went there and we saw The Fiend when he first appeared live in front of the fans when he delivered the Sister Abigail to uh, Finn Balor and the energy of the crowd and how loud they were for him. He was the hottest star in the company at that point. And then the debut at SummerSlam and then up until, you know, he goes against Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell, that six month period, he was the hottest guy in the company and it was a special time for him. And this was after his initial run where he debuted and he went on a hot streak where he was going against guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. And then he versus John Cena at WrestleMania and he's feuding with the top guy in the company and the, the build up to that with the Eminem legacy uh, video package. I still remember those stuff, but yeah, Bray Wyatt, man, he's just a special performer that had a connection. And one fact I will say, if there's one thing people will stay with Bray Wyatt that you will never forget, he had nothing but banger themes. All of his theme songs as Bray Wyatt were exceptional. Facts. Exceptional that you can play even outside of any wrestling format and you will listen to it. And the lyrics, they hit. <laughs> All right, so let's dive into this show. Um, like I said, incredibly difficult show tonight. We open up. The locker room is out on the stage. Uh, they give the 10-bell salute for both Bray Wyatt <laughs> and Terry Funk. Um, we see uh, Braun Strowman uh, on stage with Eric Rowan, unfortunately the two sole surviving members of the Wyatt family at this point. Man, it, man that's the other thing that hits, man. It's like it, We just did this for Brody not that long ago. Like... I mean, Cody Rhodes is cutting promos at both tribute shows in separate companies. I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, Everybody's out on stage, and then they roll that beautiful tribute video. WWE, you know, give the production team all the credit in the world, Dutch. You knew they were going to come out. Yeah, they just they just had to they just put that together. In in 24 hours, yeah. Maybe they had something for Terry Funk ready to go. But like Bray Wyatt, they had go like from the get go. Yeah, yeah, they had to rewrite that whole show today. Yeah, I mean not the whole show. They they rewrote most of it because of what happened. And I know they had to rewrite Cody's because Cody was originally intended to go in there and give a tribute to Terry Funk, but now since you know Bray Wyatt passed, now he can't do Terry without doing Bray. So, and I wasn't a real big fan of that. It it's it was okay. I mean, I'm I'm a, if I look at the show one and two tonight, the first hour was okay. The second show was, I don't know if it was the mood or whatever, but it just never clicked. Yeah, it, it just never got rolling. I mean, people I guess stayed with it, and watched it. I stayed with it, and watched it as long as I could, but. To that damn hardcore match, and then I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm daring him to do something hardcore." But well, we we, we will get we'll get to that. Um, 
we did open up after the video package again, which was uh, really tremendous. And then throughout the night, I thought it was a nice little touch. Uh, they would just show us these these little teases, SP3, of these big moments in Bray Wyatt's career. Um, and they had the little QR codes, which were so big in his his third run, this this Uncle Howdy run. Um, you know, and it would take you to different videos, him winning the WWE championship at Elimination Chamber for the first time, the debut of the Wyatt family, the debut of the fiend. Um, there were a few others that were that were mixed in there as well. But I thought that was a really, really nice touch just to give us a little taste on TV. And then boom, there's the QR codes, and you know, everybody can go and enjoy their their favorite Bray Wyatt moments. Uh, but it was Grayson Waller and uh, Ray Mysterio, excuse me, sorry, yeah, uh, Grace Waller and Ray Mysterio. That's mm-hmm. right. Had the uh, unfortunate task of opening up the uh, show tonight and and having the the first match. This was after, by the way, it was announced that Mysterio and Austin Theory had been added to payback. As will Cody Rhodes. He's going to be there as part of the Grayson Waller effect, a payback edition of the Grayson Waller effect. So SP3, they found a way to get Cody on the show. Found a way to get Cody on the show. Probably going to lead to a match, right? Grayson, Grayson Waller versus Cody Rhodes at payback. Got to think. Maybe. Possibly. Sort of. Because that just seems so out of left field. This was the laziest thing they could have done to get Cody on the show. This man has been feuding <laughs> with Judgment Day. Give him a match with one of Judgment Day. That would have that would have been lazy, too. But it's just as lazy as <laughs> the Grayson Waller effect. Yeah, that didn't grab me either. I I didn't know what they were doing there. I really don't. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see how that goes. Don't don't look for me for any kind of make any sense out of, especially the first hour, up to the the mid hour, because I can't do it. Well, Rey Mysterio did beat Grayson Waller. I thought the match was fine. It was hard for me to get into. Well, the match was was great. Great finish. Yeah. Um, They had a great finish. And I think Grayson Waller, I like the moves he does. Yeah, I like the going in with the shoulder in the corner, then the stomp. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And then the other move he does, a guy goes to backdrop and he jumps up and hooks him. I don't even know. I even played it back. Still can't figure out how to do it. But that is, I've, I've never seen that done before either. But so he is original and he's done two moves I've never seen before. So, but I yeah. think they're, they're pushing him, but I think they're going to have to work a little bit harder on him to get him there. Yeah. Of course, that's their job to, to, to get these guys over. So let's see what they do. Yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're putting him in prime spots, and obviously they, they got big things for him if they're putting him in the ring with dudes like John Cena. I think um be interesting to see who John Cena shows up with and works with next week uh, on Friday Night SmackDown ahead of uh, Payback next Saturday. But... Yeah, I, I like Grayson Waller a lot, man. I think he's got great charisma. Obviously, he's got the mic skills. Uh, I think he's got the promo skills. And he does have a very innovative, innovative moveset, SP3. Like, even the moves that he does that we all know, he has taken it upon himself to craft this artwork to get into those moves that other people don't you know the rolling stunner the the flipping over unprettier and, and some of these other things so he he does that little bit of extra to stand out and make i don't want to say ordinary moves but you know these moves that everybody knows and loves and makes them new and different and puts a fresh coat of paint on them 
Yeah, his creativity is on display. I've been impressed with Grayson Waller since his time in NXT. He was a guy that I kind of wrote off as like a Miz clone. I was like, oh, WWE just got a Miz clone, an Australian version of Miz to kind of, uh, you know, mold as their own when he first debuted on NXT. But I got to see him improve, see him grow. He got better on the mic. He became a good good character. And then eventually the in-ring skill and that innovation of just trying new moves. I remember the first time he did that flip over unprettier that Dutch was describing. And I was like, yo, that's the that's one of the coolest moves I've seen anybody do. It doesn't matter if this is NXT. He's trying it and he did it. He pulled it off and it looks good. And it looks good almost every single time he tries it. So I think that Grayson Waller has something. And like Dutch said, it's all about WWE go, getting behind him. Because a lot of times WWE... They get behind people too late. It's not about it's not always the people that WWE get behind. It's about when they get behind people. Because like with LA Knight, we've been saying for six months he's been over. They just eventually now have gotten behind him. Like, is it six months too late? We will never know. We don't know until the real push. They just started, they just put their hand on his back. They yeah. just started moving forward. They didn't really push them forward yet. They just yeah. started moving forward. They they started the Fingers process still there. of pushing. Yeah. yeah, they started the process <laughs> of pushing. Well, but it's all about the timing with Grayson Waller, in my opinion. Yeah, they they got him. He's set up. He's ready to go. And let's see what they do with it. Because that's why we watch. We watch to see what they're going to do. It looks like Grayson Waller and uh, what's the kid's name? I forgot already. It was, <laughs> I was in the match. Austin, it looked like they're going together to be a tactic, or at least, you know, at least for the next month or so. And I thought, well, because next, these, next these guys are in next yeah, week. Yeah, I'm going to say, leave them together because I think they look a lot together. The styles are similar. So put them together and see what they can do. And, you know, see, some guys can get over by themselves. But some guys, you know, you got to put them with somebody, and then the team gets over. Yeah. A prime example of that was Steve Kern and Stan Lane in Memphis. Together as singles, they were just guys. Then Jerry Jarrett had this idea one time of putting them together and make them like the fabulous ones. And they immediately got over and started selling out. They didn't do an angle. But I, I, I never I never saw that since. And he made them like like Memphis was a very conservative southern town, made them like sex symbols, and they took off. They go in that mid-south Coliseum, and the week before you done five thousand, and you put this team together without an angle, just putting them together, and you jump it to eight or nine thousand people. Something got over, and they rode that for about a year one of the best years they ever had. So I was glad to be on that card. But I think they'll put uh, Grayson Waller and uh, Austin Theory together, make them team, give them a good good name, give them some kind of some special, some vignette, and let them go and see, and see where they go with it. I was going to compare this duo to the Miz and Morrison. Like I said, Grayson Waller has a lot of Miz traits to him, and 
Theory is kind of in the position of Morrison. Morrison, at that point, when they paired them up together, he was a former ECW champion, a former Intercontinental champion, but he didn't click. He didn't get over with the fans, kind of like what Austin Theory is at after his U.S. title reign. And you have Grayson Waller, who's just really starting off. So he's kind of like the Miz when he was first starting off, when he got paired with Morrison. And I think that you're right. Like, if they get behind them, they pair them together. You don't have to even give them the name, but bring the presentation, do the vignettes, do the stuff you did with Miz and Morrison where you gave them time, you gave them an opportunity to get over, they got over, and then you had two mainline mid-card stars who eventually Miz got up to WrestleMania main eventer status. Uh, Brendan in the chat, by the way, saying, I want to see Braun Strowman and Eric Rowan uh, come back and have a match uh, against the tag team champions in honor of uh, Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt. Uh, look, you could sign me up for that. Unfortunately, Braun Strowman just had neck fusion surgery, so he's not going to be uh, cleared for, for, for quite some time. Um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen them do something more with them, and this is something that we talked about um, you know, before we went on the air. It would have been nice to see you know, some kind of sit down, some kind of tribute, something more involved with them. And maybe they asked them to, and they decided not to do it. I don't know. Maybe they showed up late uh, to the show tonight before they could do any kind of sit down or pre-tape or anything of that nature. Uh, maybe they'll be more involved on, on Monday night raw. We'll have to wait and see. I know there were some people who wanted to be there. Uh, we saw Seth Rollins put out a video earlier today where he considered, you know, taking a plane to SmackDown and, you know, he he put out, um, you know, he told this heartfelt story about a conversation he had with Bray, uh, you know, when 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 Brody passed. Right. And he said, you know, the last thing that Bray said before he hung up the phone was go hug that baby girl. And, you know, Seth took that to heart as saying, no, you know what? This is I, I think I just need to be home with my family at this time. Alexa Bliss tried to get there, couldn't get a flight in. So, you know, travel had to be a pain in the butt for a lot of these people a, a day out for this. So, you know. I would have liked to have seen Eric and Braun get more involved in the show, but maybe they got in late. Maybe they didn't want to. I don't know. I feel like there's always a reason uh, for for something. But um, Rey Mysterio did win this opening contest tonight thanks to Santos Escobar. I really thought Rey was going to catch dumb babyface syndrome, but uh, Santos Escobar was there uh, to help him out, and uh, he got the win tonight. And that sets up the tag match next week, Rey and Santos uh, versus Grayson and Austin Theory. EO Sky had her first WWE Women's Championship title defense tonight, and thankfully, not only did she beat Zelina Vega, but she beat Zelina Vega clean, SP3. This is something that they desperately needed to do with her. Um, I thought Zelina looked great in defeat, right? Like, she put up a fight. There were a couple of spots where you're thinking, oh, damn, all right. Like, nobody really thought Zelina was going to win, but at least in the scope of the match they gave her a couple of those really like good hope you know spots like oh maybe she legitimately has a chance to win this at least in the scope of the match so i thought this was a good match again kind of hard to get into it given the circumstances there was a spot there where zelina planted eo with the tornado ddt and that kind of woke my ass up a little bit and i'm like oh damn all right now we're wrestling let's go now um code red she hit on eo was clean tonight too but i like the fact that eo got the win clean and kind of at least Start off this title run on a nice push. Good the Meteora. The Meteora was sick too. So yeah, they, yeah. I think that this was one of uh, Selena Vega's better matches that she's had 
on the main roster, and she had a great dance partner in there in EO Sky, the probably the best women's wrestler in all of WWE, in my opinion. And I like her getting the win here in her first defense. She looked strong, she looked resourceful, she didn't need the help of damage control, and yes. she pretty much won the match clean. That's what it needed to be here to make her look strong. I wish we would have got something in the post match that sets up more of a feud for her moving forward, but I'm fine with this as a standalone to make EO look strong. I like the promo beforehand with Bailey, and I like the fact that damage control feels more like a group. And it's yeah. nice that they have a winner in their ranks that I can believe anything Bailey is saying. So it is very nice. It, it's a nice, it's a nice breath of fresh air for damage control. Yeah, Dutch, I love the fact that they not only did they bring Dakota I'm breathing that fresh air. <sighs> okay, let's go. Dakota Kai, even though she is at least six months away from being cleared, according to her on her Twitch stream, right? At least like her being there and being on the screen and being a part of the group, it does add something to it. She still brings a a value as an outside character, even though she can't be yeah. physically involved with anything. It's so nice to have her back because there was just that missing element with her gone because she is so great at what she does at doing all the little things. And, you know, even though she's not the main character in a segment, she will still do something to enhance the segment. So it's so great to see her. And I'm glad they decided to keep her around, even though she, she can't do anything physical for a while. I like her doing the interview. She really plays that interview up. Yeah. And she's going through all the moves and, Oh yeah, you're right. And this, that, and the other, she's doing her own show over there. <laughs> and that's what I always thought when you, when you're not doing the main, when you're not the main talker, do something to accent what the guy's saying. And I was over there, yeah, we're telling you this. And no, yeah, that's a good point you made. This, you know, people pay attention to that. It gives her a little bit of character. Uh, I like this match. I really did. I like the clean finish. It's what it should have been anyway. Yep. And uh, I'm sure they didn't try to do anything after it because uh, they might not, not even have their path written out yet. So we don't know where they're going to go. I do like that team, though. I didn't I, – I, you know, it's like anything else. When you get something new, the first time you see it, you go, eh, I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> and then they do something else. And if they don't do something that really just sinks the boat, you'll eventually get on, you, you'll get on board with it because they're likable. You know, Bailey's great. You know, Bailey's out there running her mouth and doing this. You kind of like her anyway. So, Let's see where they go. And again, I'm going to say it again. That's why we watch wrestling. You know, all of a sudden, like years ago, you'd be watching wrestling, watching wrestling, and nothing's happened. All of a sudden, they, they, they work the angle, bam. Now you're totally on board with it. And that's when you get to sell it. Yeah, look, man, the, you, you had people four or five months into this thing saying, all right, this ain't working. Time to split them up. But now they've made it past the year. They get this big title. And now they're like grandfathered in. Now people are, you know, because they did all of this, like leading up to EO's title. It's like, oh, well, Bailey and her are going to split over the briefcase and this, that and the other thing. Dissension, dissension, dissension. And it's like, no, they're actually just cool. You know, they're, they're great at elevating EO. They're like the, you know, female version of the New Day. They all, all they may not be on the same page all the time, but they're there to support each other. And I'm, I, I agree. Breath of fresh air as far as uh, damage control is concerned. And uh, I, I'm all for it. They've given them some new life here on SmackDown. And I do think. 
um, moving forward, they'll they'll integrate back in with Bianca and Charlotte and all the other women because they're all kind of entangled with each other. Asuka as well. They're all kind of entangled with each other over this title picture right now. We just obviously didn't have a whole lot of time to get into any of that tonight. And I think Shotzi will show up at some point, right? They keep mentoring her on commentary. Anywho, hour number two, Dutch, we get kicked off with Cody Rhodes. Um, Please. That's when you should have turned it off. Hour two. Look, I could. Listen. I wish I'd. Have, I wish I'd have turned it off, but I couldn't because I have an obligation to sit through crap so I can come on this show and give my my evaluation of it. First hour was pretty good. Now, granted, we were kind of weighted down with the bad news, but by the by the second hour, when Cody came out there, and then that. She started going. Weird. I, I don't put it when they had on Cody. I don't. I don't. I, I, you don't I, put what? I don't put that on Cody. Um, I think. No, I don't put it on Cody either. Did said? Did I say I put it on Cody? I said Cody was when he started to tip the boat over and was going down. Okay, then I missed it. Now, but he had <clears throat> he had a. a uh, a downer subject anyway. He was talking about Terry Funk and talking about Bray. Not supposed to be up for that. It's not a uplifting interview. But but when he said, let's go in respect for Terry Funk, let's have a double cross ranch hardcore match or whatever he said. The Terry then that kind of then they got in the ring and wet the bed. They really did. So go ahead. Yeah. So we get Cody coming out. He tells the great story about, you know, his dad at the airport and he's hearing some dude yelling insults from, you know, down the terminal at both of his dad and his, his grandmother, the, the egg sucking dog comment. And he smirks and looks over at Michael Cole and says, Hey, can I, can I say that on Fox? Ah, screw it. I said it anyway. Vincent um, agreed with me. They, <laughs> they shipped the bed the second hour. He calls. Oh, can uh, I say that? Can I say that? Okay, uh, yeah, we're yeah, we're fine. Uh, he calls Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt cowboys in the in the best way possible. Then introduces that great Terry Funk video package. Uh, another great job by the video team here. And then yeah, SP3. He announces the Terry Funk Hardcore Tag Team Match, and <laughs> it's the Brawling Brutes versus the Street Profits. And we started off. At least within the first few minutes, I'm thinking, okay, we're we're gonna go. Now I was skeptical. I see the look on your face. I hear hardcore in WWE nowadays. I immediately get skeptical about what we, what it is we're going to see. But the second that we start this bitch off and we got Butch like trying to rip Montez's nose off and and tear at his ears, I'm thinking, okay, they're, they're we're not doing any BS tags or nothing. Like they've done hardcore matches in the past, tag matches where they're literally having to tag in and out. And I'm like, what the hell are we doing? So I'm like, okay, I'm optimistic we might get there. But as this match pushed on and on and on and on and on, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, can we please put some hardcore in this damn yeah. hardcore match? Like, I ain't trying to be negative tonight. But Jesus, if you're going <laughs> to do a Terry Funk hardcore match. No shit. Who produced do something. This? Who produced this? Like, I don't, look, this is something I don't put on. Maybe it is. Maybe it is on the Brutes and the Street Profits. I don't know. But this was basically just like a tornado tag match. And the Terry Funk hardcore stipulation just allowed Bobby Lashley to get involved. And we got one table spot. This, this is not what I would think of, of, a, of a hardcore match. My only complaint, really. 
see, Rick, Rick, Rick don't know WWE like I know WWE. Because as soon as the match started and they started fighting on the floor and no one went under the ring, I was like, oh, this is not looking good. <laughs> Dutch knows. Dutch worked there. If they doing a hard, if they're gonna do a hardcore match, they're taking out a chair a minute in. They're gonna take Just out a chair here. a minute in. If they if they are not taking out a chair a minute in, then I don't know what they're gonna do with this matchup. So as the match went on and nothing about it was hardcore, they could have called it the Terry Funk Tornado Texas Tornado Tag. Would have been better. That would have worked. Yeah, that would have worked, and sure. that would have been what we got with the match. That was a Texas tornado match. It was nothing about it that was hardcore until they pulled out a table because the fans pressured them into it. The fans basically <laughs> yeah. put a gun the, to their the, head and was the like, "We want them. tables. We want tables." At least they got into it. They said, "Damn, they were thinking the same thing we were." Is this it? Come on, guys. Yeah, and you look, know, you, you got a legend here you're trying to honor, and all of a sudden you're having this type of match. Come on. Yeah, like they got pissed off. The match wasn't bad, it just wasn't what was advertised. I mean, you say Terry Funk hardcore. It was the shit. I had the, the match sinking, was the shits. <laughs> I had the sinking feeling, the rhythm feeling that I had the sinking feeling I was out for the rest of the match is when Ridge Holland did the Terry Funk ladder spot. With Butch, I was like, it's a hardcore match. Why are we doing the Terry Funk ladder spot with Butch so no one knows he's doing the Terry Funk ladder spot because he's not with a damn ladder? I don't know, guys. You're doing that with one of the shortest dudes in the (laughs) as I was watching it. I says, I'm daring somebody to do a hardcore move in it. Other than the table. Yeah. And like you said, if they're not up under that ring at the start of it, well, they'll give it away. And look how much easier it would have made the match. The hardcore is you don't have to have a great wrestling match. Just damn, just bust some ladders or bust some chairs or bust this or whatever. Do something. But I don't know. They didn't do it. And I think uh, – that's why I think the second hour was the living craps, yeah. period. Look, I don't know how much of that is, hey, we can't put this kind of stuff on Fox. I don't know if that if, if that match was on Monday Night Raw, if it would have been a little bit better on the USA Network. I don't know. Um, that could have been just a decree from Fox. But, man, like calling something a Terry Funk card, people are thinking barbed wire. They're thinking thumbtacks. They're thinking something. Did they, that, honestly, did they use see. a chair? No. Did, see? They got to oh, be able to use I, a chair. I'm, we've seen chairs on Fox. Surely. Kendo stick? I don't know. Use a kendo stick? Like nothing? Brass knucks? I don't know. No? I mean, mm, uh, it was, yeah. It just didn't deliver. Like uh, what was for what was advertised, it just didn't deliver. And I, you know, brought down the match. Um, our main event tonight. Then Okay, let me ask you this. Yes. If they knew they couldn't use all this stuff, why why even bill it that way? Just go no DQ, I guess. Or I, do I something. Like, look, I like SP3, Terry Funk, Texas Tornado match. Done. Done. That's it. That's it. If you can't deliver on a, because of whatever reason, whatever reason, if you can't deliver on a Terry Funk-style hardcore match, as everybody's throwing out in the... In the chat, no blood, no no thumbtacks, no flaming tables, no nothing. We're expecting Terry Funk McFoley, and what we got was 
I don't even know what to call. I don't even know what to call what we got. I don't know. I don't know what to call. I don't know what to call it either. And I feel bad for maybe the it's a Terry Funk clean, a cleaned up match that's supposed to be hardcore. Call it by what it is. A Terry Funk softcore match. Yeah, that's good. Softcore. Softcore. That that's good. Softcore. Softcore. And I don't think these teams knew how to work that style anyway. That's why I'm saying. Pick somebody that knows how to do it at least. Yeah. I'm, I think Butch Butch is the only one in there that even come close to it. Because I don't I don't think the street profits know how to do that. See, that's the new breed. They don't know how to do this stuff. I mean, they can watch it, but they don't know how to do it. At least get Lashley in there and have him just destroyed the bruise. Well, Lashley did the best move in the match when he did the spear on Butch. That's the best one of the whole match. True. We should have we should have sent him in with a baseball bat or something. See, it's baseball season. I don't know. At least do the barbed wire two by four or something and tease it. Like y'all have to hit anybody with just tease the damn thing. Like do something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand the mindset. I right, look if you can't deliver on something that people aren't going to complain about, which everybody's freaking complaining about it. Like then don't well, it do sucked. It. Then the, don't the, do it. The match sucked. It did. But they you listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the WWE's defense here. You know they're not gonna hit on on everything. No. Uh, this was this was a big big miss. So, and I will we remember tomorrow? No. But do we remember it right after we saw it? Yes. Yeah. Because it sucked. So I'm saying it sucked. So Triple H, you can call me. I'm not going to change my change my mind, unless you, of course you offer you offer me a job, and then I may reconsider. Or you can email them at Dirty D uh, Mantel. <laughs> yes, <Anyway>. you can. <laughs> with two L's. With two L's. Dirty Dust Mantel with two L's at gmail.com. You can email me there. Uh, I did think the second hour picked up in the back half, uh, much to do with with La Night. Uh, he comes down and I thought his promo, I thought his promo was very, very well done. This is a side of, of LA that we don't typically see. He's usually coming out there. I love his, uh, impersonation of Miz. (laughs) That was spot on. Oh, it was was, great. He (laughs) nailed it. He nailed it. Excuse me. Sorry. I got a little too much bass in my voice. He's a flash in the pan. Yeah, it was perfect. It was so spot on. It was so good. God dang. They played that Miz TMZ video, which I thought the TMZ video was great. Um, But LA Knight comes down there, and usually he's all, let me talk to you, and he's got the bravado working, and he's doing his shtick, and the crowd's eating it up. But it was a different LA Knight that we saw. Uh, he starts talking um, you know, about Bray, obviously, uh, LA Knight. Uh, unfortunately, last match for Bray Wyatt in WWE, which was the Mountain Dew pitch black match at the Royal Rumble, um, says, you know, sometimes our biggest rivals are uh, our biggest helpers. He says Bray Wyatt and uh, himself put each other through hell, but he thanked Bray for for honestly getting him ready for for anything and honestly helping elevate him to this point where where he's at now, because talk about, you know, the Terry Funk rub there uh, earlier, Dutch. I mean, just working L.A. night with Bray Wyatt, this was his first feud, real feud, when he came back. That's that's a rub in and of itself. That was a big test for L.A. Knight, and he passed it with flying colors. Yes, and that, the match at Royal Rumble was standing. Everything leading up to the match 
L.A. Knight delivered, hands down. He went toe for toe, blow for blow, mic for mic with Bray Wyatt throughout that entire feud. And got beat. Yeah. He got beat his first three, two, yeah, two or three months. But still, he had that spark. They saw that he had that spark. And they said, we need to put, the, we need to put a rocket to him and see where he'll take us. So uh, to, to his credit, he worked his ass off, regardless of whether he won or he didn't win. Yeah. But he got his character over. And the people started saying that they got with him. So that's all you need. I don't care if he ever does another wrestling hold in his life with the people he's over. And that's all you got to, all you got to see. And when triple H saw that, he said, well, let's go. Uh, Johnny Wicker bringing up a good point. Taker helped a little bit too. Uh, you know, being involved again, that Taker rub being involved with undertaker, Bray Wyatt, LA Knight, uh, all on the same screen that, that, that kind of stuff helps. And that's, that's what's helped yeah, elevate Grayson Waller is the fact that he's been in the ring with people like John Cena and, and things of that nature. So, um, I wouldn't say it helped it helped the uh, help the on the level of Bray Wyatt. Like the fact that Bray had him go toe to toe, had him stand uh up to him. And like when we were watching it, when we were watching live and talking about it, we were talking about how LA Knight was the guy who was getting over in this whole rivalry. And then we came out of it and was saying that that rivalry helped Bray Wyatt. Uh, I mean helped LA Knight more than Bray Wyatt. And yep. you know, did. I like I like the fact that they gave Bray uh, LA Knight this spot. And he felt like a top guy. He had the poise. He had the presence. And he cut a hell of a promo where he talked about Bray Wyatt, went into his rivalry with The Miz, and then wrapped it up to bring it all together at the end by saying, "One brother, a guy once told me, the next time you see me, run. And I, here's the I thing. love that. Here's the thing. Dutch, you want to talk about him nailing The Miz? He nailed yeah. that run. He uh, yeah. Nailed. He sounded dead on like Bray Wyatt when he did that. Like uh-huh. maybe everybody criticizes SP3. Everybody criticizes LA Knight for sounding like The Rock and stuff. Maybe he just sounds like everybody. <laughs> like maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just his gift and both his curse is that he can sound and like literally anybody at any, any given time. Well, um, he surprised me, especially when he did the Miz. Hell, I thought it was the Miz talking. If you closed your eyes, you said that's that's the Miz talking. So he may have that talent, which he will, and you know, creative heard it. So let's, that's why he did it. So let's have him do it and see what we can do with that. That's another little edge that, that he has that nobody else has. I guess maybe some people do have it, but he can bring that out and the, they will, they will use that. Believe me. But, and I, I'm glad for him. I said, even when he come out first, I keep going back to this, the maximum male models. <laughs> there, that was, that would have, that, that even didn't even kill him. If that don't kill you, I don't know. He's immune to anything. So you can do anything with this guy now and he'll get over. So if you know, you if you can beat them and they get over, what do you do when you get behind them a little bit? Now they're going to find out. Well, and tonight, arguably, uh, biggest win of his whole damn career. He beats Finn Balor, clean as a sheet in the in the middle of the ring. Uh, you know the yeah, no, arguably. Let's arguably. let's 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 not go with the WWE jargon. This man is is in the last couple of months has beaten Sheamus. 
He's yeah. also beating Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And I would say both of those wins are bigger than the loser of the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, who keeps losing, losing like a joke. He's a he's an electrician because he's always looking up at the lights. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he's always looking shocked whenever he misses the damn briefcase. I thought that's where you were going to go with it. But uh, most of that man losses... can't even pick up a briefcase, ladies and gentlemen. A briefcase is his main rival on Monday Night Raw. If you don't watch, um, but I did. I did that, like that, the fact that's that, a good point, Sid. I did like the fact that they picked this match. They picked these two guys. Um, Finn Balor being one of, uh, you know, Bray's longest standing rivals, as WWE uh, said, and then LA Knight, you know, they're one of their top guys now. Um, LA Knight gets the win. I thought that was the right call. Uh, I thought the match was pretty good tonight. And then they close out the show with the lantern in the center of the ring. The fireflies out, and then we fade out. Um, I was kind of hoping we'd see Bo on this show. I think it would have been great to see Bo get in the ring and actually blow the lantern out, but maybe too much to ask considering that his brother just passed yesterday, you know, pipe dream is that situation. But I, I did think it was a, a nice, a nice touching way to close out the show tonight. Well, I didn't watch the end of the show. I got up right to, to the, for the nearing the close. I got to come in here and get my stuff ready. So you guys are not waiting on me. So, but by that point, I'd had enough of the show anyway. I mean, I can miss ten minutes of it. I mean, I I can I can live with that. So after the first hour, I was tempted to leave a quarter after. Nah, I can't I can't take it no more. I just I just can't. It's like torture for me. But I stayed, and I stayed for you two guys and the fans that watch us every week. I listen. I subjected myself to torture fans people so i could give you my god honest opinion on, on this the second hour was horrible and i'm glad i didn't finish it so you can't make me finish it rick you uh, pull a, you could put a baseball bat on me and i wouldn't watch it you just have to hit me of course i would move out of the way and you'd swing at nothing so i'm so, I'm so fast so hey we we can we could call it the Terry Funk uh, memorial attack on Dutch Mantel. You know, we could. <laughs> yes, but we would have delivered. <laughs> we, yeah, we would delivered something. They didn't deliver anything. I got embarrassed. SP3. You ever been embarrassed by yourself? And I was yes. embarrassed by myself. I was going looking around to see if anybody saw me watching this crap. Uh, my whole life's an embarrassment. Uh, SP3, you know. <laughs> Bo Dallas is still with the company. Um, maybe, maybe too early to even talk about this kind of thing, but I would like to see him back on screen, get involved, and get and get some kind of. I don't know if you know. I don't know if it's a push or, or or what, but I'd like to see them do at least a little something with Bo Dallas as soon as he's ready to to get back out on television. WrestleMania Forty, uh, Bray Wyatt in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I 100% think so. He should be the headliner for uh, next year's Hall of Fame. And, yeah, when, when Bo's ready, I would love to see him get a run. And if he wants to continue the story that he started with his brother and be Uncle Howdy and maybe lead his own Wyatt family, that would be a cool thing and something that can let his legacy live on in some ways. But 
only if only and when yeah. Bo is ready and only if he wants to do that. So, you know, all the best, the, my prayers, my condolences, yeah. love and support to the Rotunda family, yeah. Jojo, his kids, Micah, Mike Rotunda, uh, you know, all of his friends in the WWE, AEW across the wrestling world. Bray Wyatt left an impression on everyone mm-hmm. he made, uh, he met and, no one seems to have a bad word to say about him. Yeah, man. Um, look, you're doing something right if you get that kind of reaction that Bray did. Like, so many people coming out of the woodwork. And, yeah, not one not one negative word. Um, you know, you can say a lot about wrestling fans. But what wrestling fans are, they're loyal. They're actually the most loyal fans of all, I think. Because like when business goes down, and we all, everybody gets asked, it's no good. It's the, you do something they like, and they all come back. And somebody can say something about wrestling when it's down. Uh, but let them say something about wrestling that's derogatory, and they'll defend it. Mm-hmm. They're the most re- loyal fans. And where I learned this, of course, is when I go to the conventions and all, they come up and they tell you all these stories. But when they were little or when they saw this or when they saw that, but something affected them in the world of professional wrestling that they will always remember and they will never forget. Hopefully they pass that along to their, to their kids and their grandkids and all. And I, I think wrestling really has a better future now than it had two years ago, because I saw two years ago, it was just, it was in the, it was in the dumps. Yeah. Now they come back and with the bloodline and uh, and we didn't even see the bloodline tonight except for a little commercial. At yeah, all. No, they, they pushed Jimmy Uso off. Uh, th- dang, well, they, they had to rewrite it anyway. Yeah. So I, I really think to finish my thought, the wrestling fans of today are very loyal to wrestling because all those fans sitting out there, they had it in their heart. They knew Bray. Bray was a friend. They knew him just off TV, but it doesn't matter. They knew him. And when something happened with him, it affected them too. It affected us. So I think it affected them more than yeah. we'll know. Something I forgot to bring up earlier. Um, I was so damn proud of that Louisville crowd tonight because after that beautiful video package for, for Bray Wyatt and they came back and everybody was chanting, thank you, Bray. And it was, the lights were down and the fireflies were out. I'm mm-hmm. sitting here. I'm just sitting here in my chair going, please start singing. He's got the whole world, please collectively, please. And then five seconds later, you start hearing it. And I'm like, that's effing right. SP three, what you got going on a true heel heat this weekend? Uh, we got a we got a special episode tomorrow. We'll go live at eleven oh five a.m. Eastern time. The True Hill Heat flagship podcast will be myself, Top Guy JJ will be there, Professor Chris from the NWA podcast, Rick Uchino will be joining us as well to remember Bray Wyatt, remember Terry Funk, show our support, and any super chat. Uh, will be donated to the Rotunda family. That's what we're doing all weekend long with all of our live streams. So show your support. Join us live 11.05 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel. That is T-R-U, no E-E-H-E-E-L-H-E-A-T. True Hill Heat. Join us live. (laughs) That's what you're doing. 
Well, I didn't say this during the show, but my condolences to the to the Bray to the Bray Wyatt family and to the Funk family on the loss of their loved ones. I hope you know this stings. This stings everybody. It really stings them. So if anybody wants to get in contact with me, Dirty Dutch Mantel with how many L's, Rick? Uh, dos. Two. Dos. Dos L's, two L's at gmail.com, and I'll get right back to you. All right. We appreciate everybody for uh, staying in and sharing their their thoughts and their memories and Terry Funk and, and Bray Wyatt. Difficult show to do tonight, but, uh, yeah, uh, happy to be here to do it with you guys, and uh, we will be back next week 1005 friday night the go home show uh for wwe payback and hopefully it's a uh happier notes next week john cena's back next week that should be fun to talk about we'll be here with you sp3 you can close us out good sir i hope everyone enjoys AEW all in london on yeah. sunday He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole <laughs> wide world in his hands.